Five Blossom Radio with your host, Denise Richard. Five Blossom Empowerment is based on an unusual model for growth, combining elements of the arts, health, and spirituality. Now, here is Denise Richard. So welcoming you to Five Blossom Radio. This is Denise Richard, and we open the discussion today with a classic. We're going to take a look at a topic that's uh, fairly unusual. The topic is how to understand and appreciate classical music with Cordelia Odendahl from South Africa. So a warm hello to you, uh, Cordelia. How exciting it is to speak with you today. And uh, we look into this really sensitive and, and loving topic. Can you please uh, say hello uh, to our listeners and tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, good evening. It's a pleasure to be on your program. Um, it's always difficult to talk about yourself. Um, I've always been <laughs> I've always been interested in music. It's come a long way. It's been a way of life for me. And um, about seven years ago, I decided to write a book because I was presenting music appreciation classes. And I thought, well, I have the material. Why not put it to book? So that's basically how it all started. Wow. So this is, this is a, uh, an unusual thing. If I think about music and I consider the topic we're looking at here, which is classical music, that's a huge. That's like, that's a, that's like the world uh, on many levels. And we put it in, in the concept of putting it into the, a book. Like, where would you start with that? Like, how did that begin? Yeah, it was very difficult. Um, I had the concept of bringing appreciation to people about music, but I wanted to link it to the spiritual. I wanted Ah. to make people aware that music was actually a spiritual uh, appreciation. Mm -hmm. And I tried to put that in the book, but it's a very vast topic. So I (laughs) wrote this book and it tries to encompass everything about classical music and I can't do that in a book so I had to make selections mm-hmm. that was very difficult but I tried my best so you made certain categories uh, of of music and because you're able to do that because if you had the knowledge to do that w- is that correct and then then you would link it up with what well I started off the first the, the introduction of the book is more spiritual. I try to um, um, use philosophers and poets, their ideas about music, about beauty. And I try to link that with music. And then I started the first chapter with how to appreciate music. And I broke that down into categories, um, which is uh, appreciation on different levels. First, the physical level, the emotional level, the intellectual level, and ultimately the spiritual level. Oh, and wow. then I went, yes, and then I went into the history of music, starting from the earliest times, and I went on from there. But I always try to connect it with the spiritual. Well, that's a very, very broad approach to music too I mean it's 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 fantastic that you could think so broadly and that you could consider um, 
enough to be able to bring into each of those areas uh, a, a, a body of information that would help us. Can you please, let's take it from the beginning. You, you start with the understanding and appreciation. Appreciation is a huge topic right there. It's, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where does your love of music come from? My love of music started when I was very small. My uh, parents were very interested in music and I started piano lessons at the age of five and um, I was always encouraged and it just grew, grew from there and I never wanted Christmas or, or birthday presents, I wanted music books. So that started at a very young age and it's been going on since then. Mm. Wow. So you had a, a natural inclination towards uh, loving and appreciating the topic that you're, you're bringing us today. It's been a lifelong journey for you. And, and, and when you think about music, uh, what does it mean to you? Uh, it means beauty. It means mm. upliftment. Mm. Um, I think it's it's connects with other arts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think music and painting and music and architecture, music and sculpture, music and poetry are so interconnected, mm-hmm. and eventually that leads us to spirituality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you consider the term spirituality, what does it mean? How how would you uh, how can you share that with others? How would you describe that? Well, that's on a very high level. I think that one has to um, consider many things. I think the first thing is to approach it through beauty and to listen and to link up with other people and, well, talk about it and try to imprinted on other people to mm-hmm. lift their, their consciousness so mm-hmm. that they are able to understand the higher qualities of music and beauty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're, you're making a point here to say that spirituality is actually a very personal relationship with something that's inspiring, that's beautiful, uplifting, and ultimately makes us feel like there's a uh, something special or broader or bigger than us or more engaging. Uh, is there uh, a way that this book, like you, in the beginning you spoke a little bit about it, um, and you make a point to say that the purpose or the point or the focus of the book is towards music and as a spiritual vehicle, as a spiritual uh, engagement, a way of engagement. Can you speak more about that? Um, yes. Um, I see music as very uplifting. I see music as refining our consciousness. And um, through doing mm. that, I think we re- reach higher levels of consciousness. Mm-hmm. But that's not only my opinion. I get that from the composers. I get that from poets. I get that even from Leonardo da Vinci. Mm-hmm. Anybody who was a thinker mm-hmm. or a philosopher mm-hmm. approached mm-hmm. it that way. 
Yeah. So, so I I I uh, add to what they say. Mm-hmm. So you're not really invi- inventing anything. It sounds to me like you're you're inspired by these thinkers, these philosophers, these these artists, uh, and how they actually engaged uh, with music too, and 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 all this elevated us. It sounds like a it's a bigger package than just one way of looking at it. Uh, is there anybody in there, or is there anything that you'd like to tell us about um, the way that you approach the 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 topic? Uh, well, that's very difficult. Uh, I uh, um, give classes in musical appreciation, and then you've got to break it down. You've got to get people on your page. Mm-hmm. You've got to do that very subtly because there are so many different personalities around. And everybody isn't on the same, well, I would say page. Right. So you've got to, <laughs> you've got to break it down and make people aware of the various ways in which you can approach music. Mm-hmm. And you do that by playing beautiful music, explaining mm-hmm. what it does and how it does it, and mm-hmm. on which level you can listen to it. How exciting. How exciting. So that's how you engage the, the group of people to... Uh, into into a way of of looking at what you're talking about. Absolutely, and it usually leads to a discussion, um, and eventually, after a few classes, they are able to ask questions and to interact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, if you were to take this big a topic and consider putting a book together, what would be the most important thing you'd want listeners to know about? The first thing I think about when I approach music is beauty. Um, that is the ultimate. And I think that was Plato who said it, that beauty is good and goodness is beauty. And mm-hmm. music is beauty and music is good. Mm-hmm. And I also approach it from a different point of view I also say everything is energy everything is vibration Mm -hmm. sound is vibration and if you can refine the sounds you can approach beauty so if everything is beauty and I was looking at you going okay so you're looking at me and Cordelia and you're saying I really know that music is beautiful and my way of telling you that this is beauty is by giving you an example of what I consider to be beautiful music. But what if I look at you and I say, but I, I've never listened to classical music before. How, what would be the first thing you'd say to somebody? Okay, you've never listened to classical. You don't know anything about classical music. What's, how would you steer them? How, what would you do for them? I've had many such pupils. They come to me and they say, I've never listened to classical music. I know nothing about it. What can you do? And I say, okay, just join the class and listen. (laughs) And then I start talking and I start playing and I start pointing out. But it's also important to classify music in various categories. Mm -hmm. Because if you just 
present them with a piece of music that they don't know. Mm -hmm. They don't know where it's coming from. It's very difficult to feel for it. So you've got to tell them a little about it. It's got to be placed into a a certain milieu, a certain situation, a certain era, a certain way of thinking at that time. So breaking it down to all that reaches people. And I think that is the way of doing it. You can't do it in one session. You can't do it in two sessions. You've got to break it up. You've got to build it up. So there's there's more that there's a process that you put people through in order to get the the grounding that you're looking for. So is there a way that your book starts with classifying the music that you are presenting? Is that part of the book? That is part of the book. I did exactly that. I broke it down into certain periods of music as it developed through the ages, early music, Renaissance music, Baroque music, classical music, romantic music. Mm-hmm. Then I broke that down into genres mm-hmm. like sonatas, symphonies, concertos. Mm-hmm. Then I went over to the voice and I applied that. I uh, used the lit, the German lit, the French melody, the chanson, the, even the Spanish music. Mm-hmm. And then I went to opera, the various mm-hmm. forms of opera. My goodness. And good. then I went to the symphony orchestra and I went to instruments, all the mm-hmm. instruments of the orchestra. And I told and I wrote about that wow. and why the sound blend and how they blend and what purpose it is to blend the sounds and to reach people wow so that was a it was a huge work it was a very big undertaking and you did Um, that all yourself i did it all myself wow and how long did it take you to just do that part of the classification well the whole book uh, well it was conceived seven years ago but Mm -hmm. i worked intermittently so let's say about six years Wow. but i read a lot i did a lot of research. I listened a lot. You've got to listen. You've got to analyze. You've got to form your own opinion, and you've got to write that down. So you were able course, to, to take all this sorry. information. All this information has been brought to us in a certain way where we can engage these categories. Even though we don't know much, you have simplified it so that we can see how all of this is the base of the information you want to share with us. Yes, exactly. And then you want to help us in understanding how it relates to a higher level of thinking. Yes, that's what I try to do throughout. And I used quotations from poets, quotations from philosophers, quotations from musicians. They are very important because they wrote the music. And each and every composer had something profound to say about music. And you also find that the performers of music are very profound in their approach to what they present to the public. Right. And so when you've brought this to the people, let's say somebody comes to you and is intrigued with the idea of what you've done, and you present to them a little class, a little forum for them to be able to engage and investigate the process, and they begin to 
to look at you and go, wow, you're, you're helping me understand a whole world that I didn't exist for me before. And how do they respond to you? How, how, what, what ends up happening for you in the process of working with them? Is there anything, do you have any good stories about that? Yes, I do. So many of the students who come to me are so grateful. And they phone me and they ask my advice and they tell me what they've bought and what they're listening to and what do I think of this. And they share things that they've discovered that I actually didn't know. So Mm -hmm. it broadens my mind as well. So it's Mm -hmm. always an interaction. And strangely Mm -hmm. enough, I keep touch with my students. They keep phoning me. And uh, over the years, we've formed friendships and all kinds of wonderful connections. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And have you ever, ha- has anybody ever come to you and said to you, I don't really understand any of this. Uh, I can see that you're helping me get an understanding of this. Um what do you do when, when, when they look at you and go, um, what happens if I can't understand what you're saying? Like, is there a way that you, you come in and, and, and inspire them to, to, to just follow the process? Is there, is there more than just the, the dialogue? Or how do you do that? You can't uh, convert everybody. You can't <laughs> help everybody. Yeah. I've had so many people coming to me, sitting through a course, and leave blank-eyed and I know that (laughs) (laughs) and I know they didn't pick up anything but it's not my fault I'm afraid it's (laughs) just a question of they are not tuned attuned to what I'm trying to tell yeah and I can't do anything about that Mm -hmm. and I guess it takes time sorry usually students who come are people who want to learn Mm -hmm. it's the odd one who does not benefit Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and have you ever applied this with children at all Um, I used to teach piano and I loved teaching small children I had very very young children one was three years old and it Mm -hmm. was a joy because then you can you've got a mind to form Mm -hmm. and it's it's very it's very rewarding, and and the and the little the openness of mind really helps with your ability to share, doesn't it? That's true. That that is absolutely true, and that is what one wants. Mm-hmm. You know, an open mind without mm-hmm. bias. Hmm. Hmm. So, for those people who would like to know a little bit about what we're doing here, uh, we're talking about a class, a, a book that Cordelia Odendal of South Africa has written, and it's uh, the topic is Understanding and Appreciating Classical Music. So Cordelia writes this book up, and now she's uh, ready to display it and offer it to others. Uh, Cordelia, we only have a few minutes. We have three minutes left. Perhaps you can just uh, speak a little bit about how pe- those who might be interested in this uh, can access this book. The first uh, possibility is through a face- my Facebook page, and it's 
you go into the title of the book, How to Understand and Appreciate Classical Music. And uh, the link of that will be on the uh, site of Voice of America on the website. Or they they can go to my WhatsApp. That is a chat group. And the number to phone for that is plus... Two seven eight two eight nine nine two two three four, or at my, my email, Cordelia Woodendall, lowercase, or one word at gmail dot com. Thank you, Cordelia. And for those who would like to uh, check in with us here at Voice America, it's 1-888-346-9141. And also, this is five Blo- Denise Richard of Five Blossom Gatherings. Uh, we're going to be taking a break in a moment, but for those who'd like to visit fiveblossomgatherings.com, we have a new program there opening up soon, and we will welcome you to join us in the unveiling of that as we light up the five areas and the five blossoms. So Cordelia, we're just going to take a moment break, and we'll be back, and we'll speak a little bit more about your, your wonderful book in a moment. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Five Blossom Gatherings is the website and program from Denise Richard. By visiting FiveBlossomGatherings.com, you'll find out more about Denise's professional Tai Chi and Qigong services. Explore her website and view works of art and much more. You can book healing and counseling sessions with Denise. She works with clients who have health interests and concerns. Her programs include knowing your whole body, self-care for your health, and inspiring wholeness. Visit 5BlossomGatherings.com today. We hear just be you a lot these days. But who are you? What is an authentic life? The answer to these questions and more will be answered on The Authentic Living Show, hosted by Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of today's spiritual, psychological experts and will provide her own wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your I am. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to Five Blossom Radio. Connect with the program today by calling in to 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. Or send an email to Five Blossom Gatherings at gmail.com. Now, back to Five Blossom Radio. Welcome back to Five Blossom Radio. This is Denise Richard welcoming you and my listeners to uh, this podcast on 
understanding and appreciating classical music with Cordelia Odendahl of South Africa. So Cordelia, we are just talking a little bit about the book you've written and uh, your interest in that book and the execution of that a little bit. Uh, Would you please come and tell us a little bit about how you see the role of music in uplifting people? Well, that's a difficult question to answer. Uh, I wanted to uh, to give you a few examples. Um, I would like to tell you what performers say about uh, performing music. Uh, Because that is very uh, fundamental to the enjoyment of music. There are quite a few singers who say that while they are performing, they, they focus so intently on a higher spiritual level that they place themselves in a bubble. In order to do that, you've got to be technically very well uh, versed. Mm-hmm. What they then do is they go into this so-called bubble. They call it a bubble or a zone. And they forget about technicality because that has to come naturally. And then they perform. You find that with singers. You find that with performing artists in uh, with with a violin, where they f- say they find that the uh, violin is an extension of the arm. Pianists say that the soul flows through the arms while they are play. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is just an example of how performers perceive music which they present to the public. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all great composers have the same view. Beethoven spoke about he composes from the soul to the soul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the great conductor Daniel Barenboim said Composition is in the mind of the composer. He perceived it in his mind. He wrote it down on a piece of paper, and the performer sees the notes on the paper, and he tunes it into the mind of the composer. And in that case, uh, Leonard Bernstein said, while he was conducting works by Mahler, he felt, he said, I am Mahler. Hmm. Because he tuned in to the concept of which Mahler brought forth. Wow. So you're describing how in each of these cases, there's a certain consciousness that's developed or that's transmitted through the, uh, through the, from concept to execution. And that holds itself almost interna- like throughout the life of the music itself as it progresses through time. And that when you yes. talk about it, it sounds like if you engage it through listening or you engage it through the, the execution of as, as directorship or uh, as a singer, that you reclaim some of the, up, the, the consciousness of what was actually um, intended or uh, created or even bigger than that. Absolutely. Uh, I can just quote what Beethoven said. He said, music is the electric soil in which the spirit lives, thinks, 
and creates. Now, I mean, that, that is profound. Yes. And he wasn't the only one. Brahms also said there was a higher uh, consciousness that led him to compose. Mm-hmm. Each and every composer said that. Handel mm-hmm. said that when he composed the Messiahs. He said mm-hmm. that he was uh, in heaven and out of heaven. He said, mm-hmm. whether I saw God, I don't know. Only God himself knows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that is the concept of these people who write these wonderful works. So they would, they can actually ex- ex- uh, exclaim, as you said, uh, that it's, it's so uplifting. It's so um, much bigger than them. And uh, you've experienced that yourself. And you see that in the sharing of that with other people. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Lovely. Is there, uh, because you're talking about great composers, uh, is there a way or how does music, in your view, relate to art then in general? I would say music and art are absolutely uh, connected. Painting, you can break down into colors. Music, you break down into notes. Colors, seven seven colors. Music, seven notes. You find the same uh, uh, consistencies in painting. In sculpture, you find rhythm. You find movement. And a very big thing to remember is silence. Mm. Out of silence grows anything. Um, and while the performers are are performing there are silences which they have to observe and that creates tensions but mm. a beautiful tension in music and mm. I think that also applies to art I think if you look at a painting you can also feel the vibration mm-hmm. same as you feel in music and mm-hmm. I think as an artist which you would probably know and be able to tell me mm-hmm. you feel inspired to use certain colors and certain forms and certain rhythms in your art. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, there's also a way of relating to that, that uh, there was once, uh, you know, a time where when art was um, taught, it was taught in a very classical way. In other words, it was taught, as you're saying, very specifically related to color and the uh, personal relationship to color and the different ways of relating to form. And today we have a a much broader uh, relationship. We have the classical formation if we want it, but we also have a more conceptual formation to art and a a more spiritual and and perhaps even less spiritual sometimes relationship to art. It's it's much more, it's like, in other words, the palette is bigger than it ever was. Uh, Classical music specifically has a relationship to uh, what you're, as you're describing, to a very specific uh, way of, of being taught too, isn't it? You'd say that there's a classical way of learning music that formed classical music itself. Would that be true? That's absolutely true. That is true. And um, there are certain things that you have to learn, that you have to observe. And of course, people who have talent 
just skip things and just go on like Schubert. Mm-hmm. Nobody could teach him anything. He was just <laughs> a national. He was born yes, that way. Yes, yes those were the big ones. Like <laughs> yes, yes. But there is, of, of course, there are ways and means that you have to uh, teach a certain uh, forms of art. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're able to take uh, some of the basics of that information about uh, art and the rendering of a composition, let's say whether it be in painting or in any in other forms, and relate it to the development or to music in the way that it's expressed? Uh, there has been a lot of r- uh, work written about the connection uh, between painting and music. There have been made, uh, comparisons been made uh, between certain works of art and certain pieces of music, certain mm. uh, artists and certain composers. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the work of art, you can actually feel the, the uh, uh, vibration of a composer mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fascinating. Can you, we, only, we only have maybe 15 minutes left. Could you tell us a little bit more about the book itself now that we have a sense of what you've done? Um, yes, I can tell you a little more about it. Um, it's, um, apart from all this uh, philosophy and uh, elevation of spirit, it's also a book of uh, history. Um, I um, broke it up into periods, as I said earlier, the Baroque period, which is uh, the period when everything was in overabundance and uh, greater than life. And you see that in art, in painting. Think of Rubens and his uh, uh, fellow painters. And you find that in Bach and Handel and Vivaldi, and Scarlatti, and I can go on and on and on. And then I went on to the classical period, which is a period which was more constrained and related more to the old uh, uh, Roman and Greek uh, sense of beauty. Mm-hmm. And, and there you find Mozart and Haydn, the two great uh, composers of that period and in art you find David Anger and uh, there are quite a few uh, painters who uh, have these characteristics of the classical period Right. and then after that I went on to the romantic period and of course you can't place exact dates on these periods because they sort of flow one into the other the Baroque sort of flows into the classical period and overlaps. And the classical period evolves and goes into the the romantic period. And there's also an overlap. And the romantic period in music was uh, introduced, I would say, by Beethoven. And I would say around about 1803, 1804, when he wrote his Eroica Symphony, that was a groundbreaking work, and he broke boundaries with that. And the Romantic period was then uh, in full bloom. And that developed and went on until the end of the 19th century and even extended 
through the late romantics into the 20th century. And you even find composers like, like Richard Strauss, who lived until 1949, who uh, carried forth this uh, a way of composing of the Romantic period. So you've really uh, given a lot of grounding for people who don't have uh, the, uh, an understanding, first of all. I, I mean, I don't have that understanding. And I'm listening to you. I'm going, wow, that's a lot of information. And I sense that you've been able to open that up a little bit and give people the important piece, the, the important points, sorry, that will help them get uh, an understanding of the uh, of the formation that you're you're describing. If if I can ask you, will this overview of contents uh, will will that be able to help somebody who doesn't have like me uh, an understanding of what you're going through, like what what you want to take them through? Like how how can somebody who doesn't have that formation get a grounding with what you're doing? Well, read the book. (laughs) There we go. So let's read the book. Now, that's a good answer. Because as I'm saying to you, I'm listening to you, and I'm, I'm actually very taken by what you're saying. I can see that you are understanding the grounding you're giving. And for those of us who want to understand more about classical music, and I I listen to you, I think, oh, wow, that would be fantastic to be able to go into those areas and learn a little bit. But I don't know, I don't know what you're going to do with with it, right? I don't know where you're going. So I'm inspired by what you're saying. I'm listening to what you're saying. And I'm asking you, tell me more for somebody who doesn't have the grounding. What, what would you suggest? And you're saying, well, read the book. And how do we engage that? How do you mean, how do we engage that? Well, I'm asking you. I'm enjoying I'm I'm enjoying the fact that you've taken so much time and you've shared so much information with us today and you're allowing us to understand that the process is rather uh, sensitive and that it's taken a little bit of uh, your uh, expertise to help me open that door to help me understand a little bit about how to understand classical music So I see that there's a very simple, delicate way that your mind has opened a door for us in the history of classical music and that you've taken music and you've taken art and you've dovetailed them together from what what you've told us. Is there anything else in the book that helps newcomers to understand the classical and the uh, uplifting quality of it? I think so. I uh, uh, there are quite a few composers that I uh, discussed in detail, and by this discussion, I tried to um, open up their music to people. And I think there are stories and anecdotes in the lives of these composers that can relate to people. And um, it makes it much easier for anybody to relate to a topic when you break it down into a sort of a conversational uh, a, a story. It's not all, uh, you know, history. Um, 
I even included Mozart's son, who's not usually, uh, uh, you know, people don't usually know about him or uh, have him in books. I actually included his compositions, which is something different. And things for uh, people, uh, I just hope to inspire them to listen and to read a bit and go to uh, shops and try and, um, you know, listen to, uh, oh, today we don't even need to go to music shops, you go to YouTube and you listen to everything you you, you need to hear and you hear fantastic uh, music, uh, music which you usually couldn't find in music stores. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, uh, just make the effort, start. Even uh, music magazines are very good to start reading and browsing through and eventually, you know, uh, it sinks in. And then, of course, listen, listen, listen. So I, I, I agree with you. It's listening, listening, listening up. Uh, I'd love to take the the, the last uh, few minutes we have I, and speak a little bit about uh, a topic that's very delicate and very important to you and to me, which is the spiritual significance of, of music. And I think that that's what you're aiming at with this is that it's so uplifting uh, to be able to engage with the uh, the, the the consciousness of these composers. Uh, tell us a little bit about your favorite. What is there anything in the in there? I mean, I'm sure that you'll enjoy it all because you've engaged it. But is there anything that you've been able to tell uh, yourself about that you've really enjoyed? Well, throughout my musical studies, I've always fallen back on Beethoven. Ah, I love the other composers. I love Mozart, Bach, Handel, all of them. They are fantastic. But when I I think, I think of Beethoven, and he does it all for me. And I did write quite a bit about him because I just love him. But I had to um, hold myself in a bit because the book was getting too long. But... um, I think he's the he's my favorite. And is he your over favorite over. for any reason? Is there anything about him that you find particularly? Just, well, he's got a certain sound, and I can't explain that to you. You know, you've got to listen to him, and you've got to listen to other composers, and then you will hear Beethoven has a very, very distinct sound, and that just resonates with me. Mm-hmm. And that, for me, touches the divine and Beethoven was was very conscious of, of reaching the divine he was yeah. always aspiring to the divine in music and I think that is what draws me um, Mozart just picked the tunes from the air but <laughs> I don't think he actually engaged in divinity as Beethoven did he was mm-hmm. perfect. He just he just had it all, but Beethoven actually uh, aspired and he attained. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you look at these two composers, is there any are, are there artists of the period that you see uh, related wealth for for you to these period to to these particular artists? 
any other one, I love Schubert. Mm-hmm. Uh, Schubert and Brahms. Um, Schubert was uh, absolutely a, somebody on his own. I mean, he, he was uh, poor, impoverished, and he wrote the most beautiful music. And the music was hardly ever performed in public. And it mm-hmm. just went on regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, his music is not from this world. Uh, composers and other composers and performers and singers say he is definitely not from, from this planet. He must be from somewhere else. I love the way that and, you yeah. are letting us see from your viewpoint that the music opens up a very specific space. And if you listen closely uh, from what your message is, uh, that that space is uh, something very special and it's divinely guided for the most, uh, from your experience. Yes, I do agree. Uh, um, I do agree so with you because the interpreters of these music, I believe, are all divinely inspired. I just mm-hmm. want to mention something. Beethoven became deaf and in his deafness he was able to compose the most beautiful music because he heard that in his mind. Mm-hmm. He was connected to the divine mm-hmm. and Wagner even said that of his most beautiful music was written when he was totally deaf because mm-hmm. he heard it in his mind and what else is that than uh, alignment with the divine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very difficult to put into words, isn't it? And music has such a lovely way of um, engaging that because it doesn't require words. Yes, that's so true. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. But there is the lead, the melody, where they do use words. And mm-hmm. that is something quite phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. there you have two arts combined, the mm-hmm. words and the music. Mm-hmm. And you have to to, to um, compose to the rhythm of the poem and vice versa. So it's mm-hmm. got to be an absolute um, interchangeable art form. Wow. Cordelia, we only have maybe uh, one minute left. I'd love for you to, again to let people know uh, about how they can uh, get a hold of your book, please. Okay. I think email is quite easy. That is Cordelia Woodendahl, all lowercase, and I'll spell it for you. C-O-R-D-E-L-I-A-O-D-E-N-D-A-A-L at gmail.com. Wonderful. Or if people have WhatsApp, the chat group, it's plus two seven eight two eight double nine double two three four or they can link on Facebook pay on my Facebook page under how to understand and appreciate classical music. And I think the link will be on Voice of America website. 
Thank you very much, Cordelia. It's been a pleasure having this time with you today. And thank you to all our listeners for uh, being with us today. And uh, a great big hug to you for taking so much time and putting something together for us so that we can have a little bit of a guide. Uh, this is Denise Richard of Five Blossom Gatherings. Uh, thanking you again, and you can connect with Five Blossom uh, Workshop at fiveblossomgatherings.com as we highlight areas of health and wellness, spirituality, uh, to serve you in creating a climate of care. Have a good day. Thank you for joining us this week for Five Blossom Radio with Denise Richard. Please tune into our next program. We're live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we speak again, may you have a harmonious week.